Welcome to the One Drink with John podcast. Today is episode 25, How to Write a Novel with best-selling author Jessica Lemon. Jessica, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> so today It's so funny that you're always welcoming me when I'm really Welcome back always to here. the podcast. <laughs> so while we're on the podcast, what are we drinking today? Today I am drinking a bubbly water. Michael Bublé. Yes. A bubbly <laughs> bubbly water. Bubbly water. In grapefruit. Ah yes. And I am as well. And why is that that we are we are drinking bubbly waters? That is a great question. Why don't you answer that question? I'm hey, I know you were like in charge of the last podcast, but I'm asking the questions today, lady. So, okay. Jessica, um, I just came up with this great question. Why are we drinking bubbly water and not alcohol like drinks today? I'm trying, and it's trying, and it's very trying yes. at times. Um, no, I'm going for a no booze November. So. Um, no alcohol for the month of November, and uh, yeah, we'll see how far into November we get. <laughs> right no. now we're on day five, and it's nope, been day six. Oh, you're right, day six. Yes, if day we can six. make it to midnight. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think today's in the can, but um, yeah, it's been challenging. I think in the can, lol. <laughs> <laughs> I think because it's such a ritual for us it's i did a good job i'm done with work i you know or i'm eating this i'm eating this and wine tastes good with that or it's or you know right or i'm having pizza and let me have a beer yeah that sounds good so more so more than anything i think it's kind of ritual or or more of a habit so anyway i just think it's a good idea to kind of mix it up every once in a while you know Give your liver a rest. <laughs> right. Give your liver a break. <laughs> Try to see how the other side lives, you know, the people who don't drink alcohol. So, yeah, bubbly water. But actually, if you guys are thinking of doing anything like this, taking a little break, uh, bubblies we find to be quite satisfying, right? Yeah. It's like a good substitute. We, it, you have that ritual. You can crack the can. It's it's bubbly. So It is bubbly. This is grapefruit flavored, so not quite an IPA, but... Like we do what we can. And sometimes it, it does. <laughs> I mean, I've had it where, like, we've done this before. Um, and, uh, you know, wasn't drinking or whatever. And I was like, you know, I feel like I wanted a beer, but I didn't want to have the alcohol. And I've had a, a grapefruit bubbly, and it tastes great right. and satisfying. It's got the bubbles, all the carbonation in there. So, no booze November. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hashtag no booze November. No booze given. Yes. Well, I wanted to... Uh, do a podcast about how to write a novel, which is actually what I am working on um, as one of my projects now that I have um, quit my job and am working for myself. Um, And I thought, I actually have a lot of questions about how to do this. This is the first novel I've attempted to write. And uh, I have, you know, a cookbook published, but... um, this is the first novel, and I thought I would ask... I have a lot of questions. I've asked some already, but I thought, you know what? This would make a great podcast, because mm-hmm. I'm sure other people would like to know this as right. well. yep. And who better to have on the podcast... <laughs> the podcast? Are you sure I haven't been drinking? Um, on the podcast, except for a famous published author who's published 30 books, 
and has written, you know, a few more than 30 novels. So, so my first question is, where do you... That's a topic I love to talk about. Yes. I'm actually excited. Yeah. yeah, and we talk about this a lot at the house. Yeah. So. so the first question is, uh, where do you begin? Like, where do you begin? You're like, I want to write a novel. What do I do? <clears throat> I think the answer to that question is different for everybody. Um, I think you you begin at the beginning. <laughs> if you <laughs> right at the beginning, if the idea for your novel has come to you in the form of dialogue, or your character is very you know fleshed out and real to you, you might write your description or write that scene that came to you. If you're not sure, you have a vague idea of how you want to plot. You know, you have a vague idea of a plot, like I really want to set this on Mars and I really want the hero to have this, you know, quality. Then you might go to Pinterest and start searching Mm. for photographs and try to get an idea of the embodiment of your character. Um, So, yeah, I think you just start, you can start anywhere. I think it's more important that you start and not where you start. That's, that totally makes sense. I totally agree. So along these lines, but I was just thinking, um, kind of my next question, but along the same question really is, so I've got this amazing idea Mm -hmm. and now what do I do? Like, okay, I've got this idea. Um, You did mention Pinterest. And now how do you use Pinterest when you're putting a novel together? Like what, what do you do? When I'm putting a novel together, I make a board with the novel's nickname. I usually don't have a title or I'm not ready to share the title. So um, the one I'm uh, doing right now on Pinterest um, is just called Surprise Summer Project because <laughs> it's something that I picked up and I have not shared. I've shared that title with my my insider circle, which is my newsletter group, but that's it. You know, we're kind of keeping it, um, keeping it under wraps for now. So I just call it Surprise Summer Project, and then I went in there and found, um, you know, I needed some. My hero is a police officer, and I needed an idea for a heroine. I had no idea who my heroine should be, so I just went to Pinterest and just started looking up. You know, you could look up anything: brunette models. You can look up actresses. You can just scroll through your feed and see who pops up. So that's how I put together that Pinterest board. Yeah, I've seen that um, that you've used this multiple times. You use this oh, all yeah. almost every book, every book right? Has every book, a Pinterest okay. board. Yeah, and I do get asked by readers. Um, who did you envision when you were writing this? Because some people really like to have a visual of it. Other people like for it to be blank and they like to make it up themselves. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So I do get asked and then I can refer them to the board. Because I've yeah. seen some of your Pinterest boards. Um, and what's I think what's neat is you'll be like, okay, this is happening at, uh, you know, in a mansion. And so then yep. you'll you know you'll go through Pinterest and find pin pictures of mansions. Yep. And I would think you know that has to help so much when you're typing and trying to write and describe, you know what you know put your characters in that mansion. You know if you have a picture of, you know Hemsworth or whoever your your hero is, and then you have a picture of 
the you know a mansion it's really it has to be so much easier to write and describe what that looks like if you can actually see it rooms houses scope and span like how big something is it's very hard for me to picture Uh, clothing is very hard for me to picture okay so when i am on a scene that i want to infuse with a lot of those details i rely on a photograph first and then i can describe what i see but you know, people I can like find like, oh yes, I'm like you said, like, oh yes, Chris Hemsworth, I know what he looks like. And then I can, you know, describe the expressions or the color of his, my hero's eyes, if they're the same as Hemsworth's or not. Sometimes right, they, right. sometimes they're not the right, same. Right. That's easier for me, the people part, but the placement, you know, the places I think is, is a more difficult to picture. So. Well, even like, you know, cars and things too, like, okay, so they're in a, a Jeep, so you know what a Jeep looks like, but yeah. what if they're in, you know, an Aston Martin, like, okay, how does that work? Right. Is it two doors? Is yep. it four doors? Um, you know, how, what does a nice black Aston Martin look like or whatever the yeah, car is? Yeah, I think my last, um, the book that I recently wrote, the hero drove a, um, an Audi, some sort of sportback, you know, like, I don't remember the number now, it was like mm-hmm. an RX-5 or something. Mm-hmm. In um, Masano, it was an R five. An R five, yes. I don't know. I don't know. It's right in the book, but then I forget. So I just went to the Audi site and I built a car, (laughs) and I took a screenshot of it and put it on my Pinterest. So that's yeah. I'm no good at cars either. <laughs> Everybody would just be driving a car with like no name. Like, no. They got into the car. They got into the car. I like, I like your car. You yep. have such a nice car. Such a nice it's car. red. It's a red car. <laughs> yeah. So it does help with details, things like that. When, if it's important to the story, you also have to know when to when to go all the way into those details and when it really doesn't matter. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's enough to say that it's a sedan right that it's a you know a sports car and you're done or you well that's true i guess it depends you know depending on what kind of book it is to um yeah how much detail you go into for each specific thing but i can just picture you know somebody pulling up to you know a mansion or a lake house mm-hmm. and that would be just so much more easy to to describe yep looking at a picture on Pinterest yeah, of that. Yeah, you want a good feel for who your character is, you know. Does he drive like a growly, pimped out sports car or is he in a pickup truck? Those are two very different guys, so. Right, okay, yeah. that's great. No, I love that. So so let's go with this. So, all right, so we're, we're going, going here. So somebody has this great idea. They have maybe some characters. Maybe they just have uh, an idea. Maybe it's a murder. I, you know, who knows what right. kind of novel they're writing. Um, so they have this great idea. They haven't really fleshed it out or started writing yet. But one um, question I thought that was interesting is, who should you tell about this? Oh, yeah. Like, what do you, you know, do you so go tell everybody? I have this great idea for a book. Do you tell anybody? What What is your advice for yeah, people writing really novels? That's a good question. Um, I think you have to know yourself a little bit. I think you have to know if you're someone who is maybe more of a people pleaser or is very easily dissuaded from doing things if somebody, you know, criticizes you for it or dissuaded, if, that's a very, that's a that's yeah. a 10 point word. I like that one. <laughs> or <clears throat> you are or, or if you're telling somebody t- because you want their approval, I don't. Don't tell anybody. 
because it's fragile in the beginning. It's very, very fragile. And sometimes even, I mean, now not so much because they're all contracted. So it's not fragile. It's in ink. It's, I have money in the bank in, in advance to pay for it. Right. But before, well, no, I should say even recently, before it goes to even my agent, Sometimes I keep the book I'm writing really close to my chest. I might tell my other author friends who are going through it, I have this great idea. Or sometimes I might not. I just keep very quiet about it and kind of protect it. I think it's in a very fragile state in the beginning. You know, mm -hmm. you have like all these shaky ideas. Like picture a foal, <laughs> right? Like a newborn horse. Right. That's what you got when you, you have an idea. You can barely stand up. Barely, right? It just needs nurtured and loved and and uh, cared for. And sometimes those are quiet moments. But on the other hand, when I decided to write a book that I was going to have published, I told everybody and I was like, I'm going to be, I was so certain in my gut that I was going to be a published author that right. I just told everybody and I owned it. I was like, I'm going to be published. People were like, oh, you're going to like self-publish because self-publishing was brand new, you know, pretty new when I was, um, in 2010, 2011, when I started telling people that's what I was going to do. And, uh, I, it quickly like. It sort of bit me in the butt a little bit because I wasn't hmm. published immediately like I thought I was going to be. Right. <laughs> and I started a blog to, to sort of, uh, you know, write down my journey. And I don't know. It, I felt like I had to own it at that point because I had already told so many people. So in a, in a good way, it held my feet to the fire and it kept me really right. accountable. But on the other hand, if... And nobody really said like, oh my gosh, what are you thinking? Nobody said that. <laughs> right. Because I was still like, I mean, I had a job, you know? <clears throat> I still was like working and it's not like I just went, you know, I'm quitting all my jobs. I'm going to go buy a cabin in the woods and I'm going to sit there for five years until I write a book. So I wasn't doing anything that outlandish. I was just telling everybody that's what was going to happen. And maybe people were thinking, okay. Sure you are. Right. <laughs> or maybe they weren't. I don't well, I think I don't really know. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, what I'm what I'm getting from what you're saying is is telling people that you're going to write a book is really good. Is a good idea for sure. Um, if you're gonna do it. Because then, you know, you don't want to be flaky and all that. But as far as telling people exactly what's the book is about, um, and this is what my thought as well, yeah. and you've told me this other times. Maybe you don't want to divulge the whole book, nope. um, what it's about, because you also don't want it to be influenced from other people. Be like, oh, that's kind of a stupid idea. You know, yep. you should do this when you have, you know, you haven't really fleshed it out yet anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you want to mess with the creative process to have these other people's voices in your head when you're trying to write this exactly. and be like, oh, well, you know, my aunt said that was really dumb, so maybe I shouldn't do this. Right. So... Does that does that make it's sense? It's perfect. It's okay. a great differentiate, you know, great differentiation, if that's a word. Differentiation. <laughs> it's a way to di yes. great way to differentiate between those two things. So, yes, if you're going to write a book and you feel like you need that accountability or or maybe you're telling people because you're telling the right people. You're saying you're telling your local librarian because you want to know if there's writing groups that get together for write-ins at the library or something, you know. So, yeah, it's 
it's not always a bad thing to share. I, in my original blog, I just was blogging to sort of find my voice and uh, practice writing. I wasn't used to writing every day. And Stephen King's on writing book said, if you're going to be a writer, writers write every day. And I vowed to write every day. Um, so I didn't blog every day, but I did write every day. And that was one of my goals. You know, it's a reason I started that blog in the first place. So that was part of my accountability and I, me just sort of fumbling my way through. And I was learning and teaching people what I was learning as I was learning it. And that's what I'm still doing, to be honest. Yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. great advice. Yeah. So another thing I was so, you know, we've got the got the idea together um, and then we're, you know, we're going to start actually putting pen to paper or who does that but we're who, who am i kidding typing <laughs> I do, typing sometimes. on it typing on it well yeah. okay sorry i don't ever do notes that, but, but yeah yeah so um but yeah so you're going to start typing some things and so when you're tr- starting to formulate um a book do you want to start by like plotting out the whole book um do you want to start with the scene in your mind like what do you think I mean, it depends on what kind of book, I would guess, too. But what, what is your advice and how do you handle that? I mean, that? I think it depends on the style. I, there's um, typically two phrases, two words to describe what kind of plotter you are. You're, you're either a plotter or you're a pantser. And pantser just means you fly by the seat of your pants. Oh, so... I was thinking de-pantser. And I think that's a completely <laughs> totally different... different. Okay, okay. Completely. That means you write without your pants. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, um... I, I, that's not me either. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so if you fly by the seat of your pants, you might just write for the sheer joy of writing and see where it goes and work it out as you go. Um, I started out as a pantser, 100% pantser. I have developed into a sort of a I don't know like a combo of the two because mm-hmm. a hybrid sort of a thing. hybrid yeah. is a great word yeah um, because when you are published with a publisher and you're selling a book that's going to come out 12 or 18 months into the future you have to give them a plot or some sort of structure for the book so you have to get good at writing a synopsis or laying out all the ideas for the book to say this is generally how I see this book going so that your editor can then read your synopsis that is basically the book in about 10 pages she can read that and say I'm seeing a problem area here make sure you touch on this and you can kind of head things off at the pass you know what I mean uh, before you yeah, sit that, down to write the entire book and yeah, go that totally makes sense completely yeah. in the wrong Absolutely. direction uh, but so point being you're either a plotter or a pantser and if you that's going to evolve and sometimes i think books each individual book it can even evolve a little bit i've written you know synopsis a synopsis for a book and then thrown out the entire last half and rewritten it because my characters took me in a different direction so it tends to be kind of a fluid thing um i think it's with any creative endeavor it's just yeah with the with the plotting or the or the pantsing like the pantsing part you've told me in the past where you're just like you're kind of tapping into the characters the mm-hmm. more you get to know them yep. and just kind of be like, oh, what would this character do? And they mm-hmm. they kind of tell you where they're going. Yep. And if you had a really, really strict plot, then maybe you wouldn't get to some interesting, you know, or amazing places yeah. in your story if you were so hard. So I think it's, it's good to be flexible. Um, I was thinking, now, it obviously depends on what you're writing as well. I mean, if you've got some kind of you know mystery type of thing you would definitely want to 
to kind of plot out where that's going to go with some twists and turns and things that would Sometimes, help you as well. You know, I thought um, there is a writer I love. Um, Dorinda Jones is an amazing writer, and she has a series um, that I adore. That her Grim Reaper series is amazing. I think it's called the Charlie Davidson <laughs> series. And she, I remember her sharing that she plots like she plots because this book follows these same group of characters through I think it ended in 15 book at 15 books or something wow so every book has not only the character arcs of the characters but there's a mystery because the um, main character runs like a PI you know she's like a PI and she's also the Grim Reaper so she's got a pretty interesting yeah, spoiler life. alert <laughs> that's not a spoiler so, but go. <laughs> so anyway she has to plot all these the case that's going to be solved at the end and all this but then I noticed somebody on um, Instagram the other day, I was reading her, I can't, her, her name, I can't remember her name, but she writes for Harlequin Romantic Suspense and said she is a hundred percent pantser and she writes suspense. Oh, wow. okay. So, uh, I really thought exactly like you, like, oh, I could probably never write suspense because I would have to right. work it all out ahead of time. So, uh, I think it really just depends on how you personally do it. And the only way to tell the best way for you to do it is just to do it. I mean, honestly, it my process has evolved and evolved and evolved. I've tried plotting with post-it notes on a cork board. I have tried plotting on spreadsheets. I have, you know, tried writing a book in Word just from page one all the way to the end. I've done that. I use a program called Ulysses now that breaks, I break down each chapter. So I write in chapters that I can kind of snap back from this chapter, that chapter. So I think it just really does evolve. That's a terrible answer. That's no, not that's, concrete no, I at think all. That's a good answer. It was interesting you <laughs> talked about the note cards. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to a podcast. Um, it had Edward Norton on it, and I listened to a couple podcasts with him on it, and I, f- I think this was the one with Tim Ferriss. It was. And he talked about having um, the uh, his most recent movie is something about Brooklyn, Mother of Brooklyn, Motherless Brooklyn. And it's something that he worked on for like seven or eight years. And so he, at one point he was, he was talking on the podcast, and he said that, yeah, he had, he had notes and he was moving them around different scenes and he's like oh so you literally had note cards written with scenes on them and was moving them around yes. on a table to try to figure out yep. have you done that as I well I have not done that but I have a really good friend who um, has done that and she works in a program the same program I do that Ulysses program where it lists your chapters is like each is each is like a note card right each chapter is off to the side and she can literally take a scene and put it before the last I refer back so much to the thing that just happened to little details throughout that shuffling the order messes with me because I can't oh, remember I see. That when would I mess shared up this or how when you're, I shared okay. that it's, sure. it's very it's very beginning to end for me, so I don't work well in pieces. If I have, we were talking about this the other day. I saw, you know, if they say if you have a scene idea mm, and it happens way in the future, just write it. Just go ahead and write it. Now I will do that, but it'll be very skeletal. It'll be just the dialogue. So it's or almost just like if you're putting idea. if you're putting the plot together, yeah, um, that would make sense. 
um, which is kind of what I'm doing right now. I, I actually started uh, writing my novel, with, well, I think I started a couple years ago. Yeah. Just got this crazy idea, and I thought, oh, this sounds great. And you're just like, just write it. So I started writing just what came to my mind, and it was like backstory, and then it was like a scene and some dialogue and all this. And um, But now I'm actually yeah, going... Yeah, just a brain dump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I was just like, I just got to get this out. And now I'm going through, um, and I'm actually writing out the plot. Um, I've got characters, and I have new characters that keep coming to mind. And I've kind of, so I actually thought about, um, I've kind of been moving some of the scenes around. Like, okay, this scene makes more sense here. Um, We need to get you into Ulysses, because each of those chunks can go into a different folder. And, oh yeah, I'm going to have to get you into that. It's really so amazing that it's so organized and easy to find when you need to go back. That's why I like each of my chapters in its own little its own little document, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, that makes sense. And also, uh, doesn't the um doesn't the uh the let's see, cuz there was what Scrivener or Scrivener or Scrivener, uh-huh. Um, was another one too, yep. but but Ulysses uh, is really good too because doesn't it block out most of the things on the screen mm-hmm. of your computer to make it less it's, distracting um, gosh, as I'm well? Or make trouble remembering what that's called. Markdown is okay. what it is. So in other words, instead of instead of you saying I'm going to make this word italics, it would be an underscore the word oh, and right. then an underscore. If you want a heading one, it's one. Okay. Uh, it's one pound sign. One That's hashtag. right. I remember. Yeah. If you well, want a heading two, yeah. it's two hashtags. Okay. So really, there's no bells. There's no whistles. You just the only thing you can do in Ulysses is write. There's right. I, Scrivener has cork boards, and you have to set up your styles, and it's okay. very. There's a lot going on, and it's a little too much for me. Right. Um, I think it's the distraction too, yeah. because you know when you sit down on your computer, you're you know pre-programmed to check Facebook or email or do all these other things, or if you've yep. got other, you know, if you're like me who loves to have extra windows open, just I just have windows. <laughs> windows are always open on my computer and I very rarely shut them. Yeah. Like, oh, look, I'll just check on YouTube. And like, no, if I could pull up the program and actually the only thing I can do right now is just write. Yeah. The yeah, focus, you do. You have to I have think, some focused lot. writing. You have to. And uh, although... Yeah, that's a, it seems like a good tool. I mean, I just read You could also just... I just read something yeah. about how your brain will naturally find a distraction when it needs a break. And I thought that was so interesting. Oh, that is interesting. So I thought I was having all these weak moments because I would just randomly, I would be writing, 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 and then I would just leave and go check Instagram. And I'm like, oh, I'm so distracted. But your brain really does need a little breather and it takes those little breathers. The trick is don't let that breather turn into like an hour of scrolling. <laughs> That's right. the difference. But yeah. in That's interesting. But back to the Ulysses program, even though you have that markdown in there, you can export the document and it looks like a book. All of into your first document. lines mm-hmm. are indented. Your headings are bolded. Your italics are italicized. Your, you know... It's all, it works very seamless. It exports to Word. It's all cloud-based. So if I write something down on my computer and I open my iPhone, it's all there. That means I can read, edit, and then if I edit it in there, it'll all be there. It'll all be on my iPad. So I like how it's very freeing to have it that way because I used to have a Word document, save the Word document onto a backup drive, 
right? Right. And then you have to yeah, like, we're, where did I, what paranoid. computer? Yeah, yeah, you have to be paranoid if you're, Or what you know, computer did I put it on? Yeah, did I oh, put yeah. it on, the, did I do it on the laptop or the yeah, desktop? I put it, and now I have to go on, find Yeah, save it on a jump drive, a thumb drive, yep. and then I can Email it to it. myself somewhere. It's like, yeah, so this true. has <laughs> taken all of, so all of that stuff right. that you should not be worrying about. Right. I have it on Ulysses. It's in the cloud and I back it up to Dropbox just in case. So there No, I think that's places. great. If somebody's really serious about doing it, I think this is definitely a good tool. Um, I will, you know, caution people though, don't let that hold you back from just no. opening up a no, Word don't. document. I didn't start or... I wrote in Word in Word when I started. Right. Yeah. That's and I just I love I'm a big Google Docs guy because it's on the cloud yeah. and I just it's saved every you know, every time I make a change. Yeah. And so I just I've been writing things on on the on that and it just to me it just makes it easier mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't i don't want people to be held back you know if they've got a great idea or a story and you just get out just start writing it yeah i mean that's what stephen king talks about just writing yeah and in reading if you yeah write it down on a sheet of paper and snap a picture of it and put it in evernote i mean you can do anything you want anything at all but write it down i think a lot of people who ask um, how to write a book or how they should be going about writing or have or tell me they have an idea for writing, I'll usually say, well, have you written it down yet? And they most of the time say no. Wow. Most of the time they haven't written it down. Mm. It's like you can't sell your, you know, your creative real estate if it's still in your noggin. You have to put it like in some physical form. <laughs> right. Nobody else can... Can share what's in your head? Not really. Can yeah, if you enjoy have this great idea, head. you yeah. definitely need to to write it down. I mean, that's the whole point. Um, but also, that kind of leads me to one other thing too. Um, skipping around on my notes here, but a book, and you know, I've learned this from you. Um, but a book is not. What do they say? A book is not written; it's rewritten. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you explain exactly what that means? Sure. Uh, when you Write a book, you write a draft, what's called a first draft, what Anne Lamott who wrote Bird by Bird, mm-hmm. the uh, writing craft book. What yeah, Anne like Lamott, an on writing, a, how to yeah. actually, a book mm-hmm. on explains and how to write. And it's called Bird by Bird, and mm-hmm. Anne Lamott calls the shitty first draft. <laughs> right. Because it usually is. Right. And uh, even now, I, I don't write, you know, I, I don't write fantastic first drafts. Um, this one I turned in, though, the last one I turned in actually came out pretty good. And I was so thrilled because the last two books I turned in were total crap when they went. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be fired. Right. Um, but did you. So really rough. So what you're saying is in Bird by Bird and lots of it as well is is to just it, it's just kind of a brain dump. You know, it's it's the shitty first draft. You just have to get it out. Yeah. Just from beginning now, to end. Now, where my first drafts are for an editor, we're, we're beyond that. They they don't go to the editor that rough. You know, right. they go You've in. gone back through that. Oh yeah. It's oh, not yeah. just your first. No. no. Okay, okay. But I but I do, I do know of writers who, and this is a long time ago, but I remember a friend saying, "I just want to get." so good that it comes out perfect the first time and i just honestly don't think there are many of us that can do that if i don't know anybody that can do that i think there's always a drafting process and always an editing process so the first copy is the first draft and then you're going to want to go back and read that draft hopefully you have some time to let it rest two weeks four weeks four months however long you're comfortable with so that you can sort of forget 
And um, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but Stephen King in his writing memoirs book on writing mm-hmm. uh, said Stephen something about writing. it mm-hmm. should it should it should feel sort of familiar, but you've almost forgotten you wrote it. You know, uh-huh. the way that I went back to an old novel and looked back the other day and was telling you, oh my gosh, I read the funniest thing. I had no idea. Like it just it feels vaguely familiar i know i wrote the book i know those were my words but it there's something kind of magical about when you're writing you're tapped into some other i don't know some other source where that's coming from divine dictation is yes divine dictation so that's interesting so and i and i've seen this with you and i haven't gotten to this point because i haven't been working on my book that much i'm just kind of plotting out right now but I've seen where you get to a point where you're just like, oh my gosh, this is garbage. <laughs> um, which I think if you're if you're in the first draft, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, because that's you just have to plow through that. Um, but like you said, the the process is get started, plot it out if you're going to plot it out, or just start writing. And then once you get your you know what they call the shitty first draft done, mm-hmm. let it sit for a while because again, some of it might be total crap. But there also can be some really good things in there. And if you yeah. give it yourself a break and get away from it, you'll actually see it for what it really is. Right. I think when you're in the middle of it and you're muddling through, and it might even be the way you felt that day. Let's say you're having a bad day and you you know, you know wrote however many pages or words and you're just like, oh, that just felt like crap. Well, that might just be the way you felt. It's true. You it's could go true. back to that and yeah. read that after a month or so. I have gone and it might back, be great. I have so. gone back to read books that I've written one book in particular I did this with recently, and I won't share the title because I don't like to flavor anybody's experience of reading it. Right. But I went back to reread a book that was um, kind of an older book that I had, and I kind of read it with one eye open because I was a little nervous about what's it going to be like to read a book that I wrote this long ago. And I remember struggling through the process. and. The process, that feeling kind of was with me. Like, oh, I just struggled through this and it was so hard. I just remember the book being so hard to write. And then I read it and it was like, oh, that's not how the book reads at all. (laughs) Well, this is really good. This is (laughs) actually a good book. (laughs) Sometimes, and I've done that with more, I mean, not just an older book. I've done that with a recent book too, where the process felt like a struggle, but the end product was was really good. So sometimes you really can fool yourself. You're absolutely right about that. That's interesting. I love that. So let's get into characters then. Um, so so what about characters? Like how do you develop characters? Um, I know like we like to watch good TV shows or good movies. Yeah. And you know, like The Walking Dead was a good example. Like we really love The Walking Dead. It just really sucked us in. We love character-based stuff. And drama. it was the yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. You know, the outside, obviously the zombie stuff was really fun and all that. But it was the characters like that Sons of Anarchy, same thing. Exactly, we got totally pulled in. Yeah, yeah. The motorcycle yeah. club was cool and whatever, but yep. it was just the characters, and that's what kept us watching it season after season. Right. So, how do you develop characters? Like, what what advice do you have as your as your you know? Because that's what I'm doing right now. I've got like notes on each of my characters, and then I'm trying to figure out. You know, I kind of have okay. This person is does this. They were you know have this. They yeah. have a kid, whatever. And how do I as I'm writing out the story, develop, you know, have interesting scenes and things happen. So what do you, what advice do you have on that? Well, I start with, it's actually something I used to have online on my website and I call it the quickie sheet. And I think I'm going to 
revamp that and put that back out. Um, I've had it for sale. I've had it for free. I've had it for in a couple different ways. I'm trying to get a package together for people when they're starting. But on the quickie sheet is basically the facts, right? Eye color, hair color, age, where they went to college. They have tattoos, scars, they wear glasses, and a couple of other like very fast sort of like a profile, right? Right. And um, that's where your Pinterest photo can help you narrow all that down. And then I think, gosh, it's so hard because I just sort of hear them in my head, you know? Right. What do you keep laughing about? I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> stop laughing. You said he's like giggling. You said the quickie sheet, and you I just did. can't stop laughing about that. But go ahead. I'm You're sorry. So immature. I'm so, <laughs> ten years old. But go ahead. Sorry, I don't know why. I just kind of got the giggles. So, I think it's yes, the bubbles in the bubbly sure. is making me laugh. I know. But no, it's, go ahead. I'm it's sorry. It's sort of. It just comes with the territory of being a romance author. Right. It's hard right, for me right. to say anything that doesn't get right. <laughs> misconstrued in some way as being naughty. But basically, yeah, lay down all the... Just kind of the quick... The easy stuff. That's the right. easy Yeah, hair stuff. color, eye color, how they are, yeah. where they're from, you know, do they have kids, are they married, all that yeah. kind of stuff. I think as far as quirks go, that can be a fun thing to add later. Like, okay. let's say your heroine has a pet frog. You know what I mean? I think that's something that I develop while I do it. So if she walks into her house and there's a terrarium and she has a frog, I'll then kind of pause in my writing and be like, okay, where'd she get this frog? Let's think of a fun story that might correlate to what I know about her family or her past to make this really fit in here. But um, I think the most important part of character is um, all that internal motivation your character has, I mean, you're developing them out of the ether, but they shouldn't feel that way on the page. So they should have goals. They should have a life's purpose. They should have, um, in my case for romance, they should have why when he meets the woman on the page, right? And they're super attracted to each other. Why aren't they going to just get married next week? Right? right? There's something keeping them from right. that. And I have right. to figure out what it is. I have to figure out why can't he marry her today? And I have to figure out why she... So there's some conflict and, and you have to work that out within their character. So I'm trying to think of an Yeah, that's example. interesting. Well, like no. In, I was, in, go ahead. I'm sorry. In the, one of the last books I wrote, for example, the it was a book two in the series. And in the first book, the hero had a failed like engagement like he was going to uh, propose gotcha. and his girlfriend kissed his brother and that was all over right yeah so <laughs> that seems so, like an, an ending yeah. so by the time it came to his book obviously he's not interested at all in marriage right you know and i right. can't tell you what happens because the book's not out yet but right. no spoilers <laughs> but i just saw the cover for it today and oh my gosh it's so pretty <laughs> it um, was really cool cover. it is so pretty i can't wait to share it but anyway you, so that's what you start with right okay he's well, never getting married why and then you kind of work backwards right also um i think you've told me this before where you go in um and you don't always necessarily write it all out but sometimes you do as well but you you know a lot of these things that you develop like you know even the the quick sheet or whatever it is like a lot of that won't some of that won't even be in the book at all sure yeah like a lot of it you yeah. know just like if you're developing 
um, you know, like Evergreen Cove. Like if yep. you're developing that town, you actually were working on the map of it because yeah. you've got another series of books that are going to be there as well. And I just think that's really neat because you develop this whole town and you have, you know, these streets and all these things. And that may never be in the book. I mean, you're not going to go, oh, if you take a left on Oak Street, <laughs> right. then it's, you know, <laughs> right. Main Street. And thank and God, because three... I'm horrible right. at map drawing. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a good point. That's there's true. like four roads in town total. And I'm like, I know there's more than this, but. <laughs> right. But that detail is not going to be in the book. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, at 137 Main Street is the coffee shop. Like, right. But if you have that, that you can draw from, it just helps you. I guess, design the book or, you know, describe things. Yeah. Uh, and I think the same thing with the characters too. Like, like you said, if like, okay, they have this backstory where, you know, they got dumped or whatever, and maybe that'll come up, but you know, the way like everything about them won't necessarily be, you know, on the page, and but that helps you change. relate, right? Sometimes things change. I remember writing, um, I remember writing a bad boy for Christmas and that was the first time where I was so sure that the hero was going to be the one to cause what in romance is called the black moment, right? The dark moment of the soul when everything goes really wrong before it before it goes really right for the characters. And I was so sure that it was going to be Connor's issues and him just being like, we're mm-hmm. done. And I remember so specifically getting to the point of the book that I was about, I was like approaching the black moment and I was like, he would never do that. Mm. It's It's faith. She's going to do it. She's going to break up with him. It's going to be her that that causes this. He's going to ask. I love ask, how that changed. It did. You had a completely it totally shifted. It was the first oh, time wow. I really had to toss out everything I had and go, okay, now what? Because <laughs> I, he was just such a loyal family person and he wanted more. And in that moment, he asked for more and she freaked out and, could, and couldn't. And that's when he gave her the ultimatum and then left. But it was her doing, you know. It's interesting. Yeah. So I think it does change and you have to just... If you just get really into your characters and you are true to their motivations and to their reasoning and, you know, that reasoning has to follow them around that whole plot. They have to really believe they're right. They've been doing things a certain way. And again, in my case, it's romance. This hero has been going along in a certain way. It's been working just fine. Thank you very much. He's been dating whatever girls here or there. He's like a playboy, right? He goes, in the case of Reese Crane from The Billionaire Bachelor, he only dates women one time and then he sends them flowers, right? So so he's been plodding along and everything's just fine. And then the heroine comes along and like T-bones him, right? And so that's not a dirty thing. That's like a car crash. (laughs) It's like a car crash. Literally drives into him. Got it. Yes. And then knocks him off course. And now suddenly he's like, okay, let's try it this way. So he's kind of over on her way for a little while. Like, all right, this is working. This is new. But in that black moment needs to be the moment where he realizes this didn't work. I'm going right back to the way I was before because that was working for me. So not necessarily he's going to go sleep with a bunch of women again, but but you know he's going to pull back and rely on all his old. Right, hang-ups he's going to go back to his had. old paradigms, yes. his old way of yep. dealing with things, only to find that it's not going to work out because <laughs> right, he's right, fallen right, in right. love and he's not that same person anymore. So I think your characters have to have this. You have to find the hill they're going to die on. You really do. You have to. What is the most important thing to them? The book I'm drafting now, my hero needs to be needs to be a hero he needs to be helping and serving and he needs to be the good guy right 
And so that's going to then affect how he makes his decisions throughout the entire book. No, that makes sense. I, that's very interesting. I'm, I'm looking at my notes, which I think we're going through um, maybe a third of them. So I'm trying to figure out if we're going to do a, a part a two part of two. this <laughs> or not. And I think we actually are because we're kind of dragging along here. But there's so much good information that you've given us already. Um, but the next thing I wanted to get into um, is, so how do you write dialogue? Which is the part that I'm, I'm kind of struggling with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the advice that you gave me was excellent was to start reading dialogue. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's an easy, uh, you know, a simple way to fix that. But what, what do you do when you're trying to write dialogue? And actually that probably goes with this as well is, is what is, you know, what is person, you know, what is third person, first yeah. person? How do you want to, however you want to describe okay. that? You want to talk about well, the person when, first? And yeah. Then, so what, it was kind describe. of two questions. I mean, right. there is point of view, right? So your point, point of view, your first person point of view, I write in two different points of view, not in the same book, but <laughs> I okay. write in two different points of view. So I have some books that are in first person. And that means that is the character telling you the story as I, right? Okay. Like I walked to the store you know, or if I saw her in a red dress. Right. Okay. Right. Or it, it, I write in present tense sometimes too, a lot of times. And that means, um, you know, I walk into the store and she sees me. It's like, it's currently happening at the very moment you're reading it. It's all unfolding. So it's almost like you're watching it on a movie. It's like, like I'm just dial. I'm just, you know, chronicling my life to you. So, um, in that case, I mean, the the dialogue would, you know, I'd be like, hi, I said, instead of okay. third person, which would be, he walked into the store, he saw her standing there, hi, he said. Right, John yeah, said hi. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah. Hi, right. John might, yeah, said. You might okay. swap that out with the name. Once okay. you've established we know who he is, you, you can right. just call him he. Okay. And, um, yeah, so those are the points of view. But as far as writing so dialogue... First person... First person and third person okay. are the two I write in. There are a lot okay. of points Where's of view. Where's second person? Is I that, don't Is there know. even a second person? I don't know. Yeah. There's like all sorts. <laughs> There's like, I think one's called, um, I'm going to mess this up and sound like an idiot, aren't I? It's no. like omnipresent or something. Omnipresent. I but love there's, but oh, where, okay. the, where you are the narrator, but you see into everybody's heads. So oh, you okay. know what you this know what character's thinking, are. you know what this character's okay. thinking, you know what the dog is thinking, you know what everybody's thinking. Okay. But uh, I write in um, two characters within a point of view. So I, in my books, I write the hero and I write the heroine. And so okay. the reader is always privy to what's going on in the hero's head and what's going on in the heroine's head. Now, a lot of gotcha. times people just choose one. You know, um, Kristen Ashley comes to mind. She writes predominantly in the woman's point of view. And then she does something so cool. She goes all the way through the entire book in the woman's point of view. And then the hero gets the last chapter. Oh, cool. You finally, finally hear from oh, him. Oh, wow. The so you get to hear what moment. he's really thinking. But her, she writes like okay. these super alpha heroes. And and you just don't know what's going through their heads. They're just, they confound you the whole book. You have no idea what he's thinking until the very, very end. Um, but anyway, to answer your other question about dialogue, I think yeah. the best way to write good dialogue is go to a coffee shop and listen to people ah, talk. Go that's a great to idea. listen at restaurants. Pay attention next time you're out with a group of friends and you're having a quiet moment. Just pay attention to the way people talk. They don't talk stilted, you know. They don't. 
they use we use can't we doesn't we use like we use shortened words we don't say um does not or is not or you know so we almost i've noticed that a little bit when i've been writing Mm -hmm. um that we i mean we talk in contractions um we don't you know spell out john did not walk to the store you know it's like oh he went to the store you know like it's there's Mm -hmm. it's a a quicker pace to it Um, and i'm assuming uh watching you know shows and movies and things i've watched about 10 million movies in my lifetime (laughs) so that's definitely helped your dialogue as well and tv person i i love um i don't know i feel like tv gets a bad rep because people are like think it's this giant time waster but i'm just like a sponge i i i i love i mean how many times have you been sitting with me and i blurt out the next line you do that it's kind of a game actually when we're watching (laughs) We're watching yeah. movies or a, or that a I haven't show, seen before. Yeah. a show, and I we we both try not to spoil it for the other person because um, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm able to. You're better with like, like who done it, like the plot. Yeah, if it's a mystery or something or something's happening, like oh, I'm like, so have you noticed that? You're like, notice what? What's going on? <laughs> right. And then you'll be. And I'm totally surprised every time. Right. I know. I don't figure. I'm like, that out. yeah, like I forget what we were watching the other night. I was like, oh, did you catch that? And you're like, catch what? I'm like, nothing. I'll just keep going. And then, but then on the same notice, you'll like. Right before some, the character will say something, you'll say the line, and I'll be like, "How did you know yeah. that?" You're like, "You're like, oh, I knew." You're yeah. like, "I knew you'd say that, Don." And you're like, "How? Like, how did you know she was going to say that?" Yeah. So it's interesting how you're able to do. That. I just think so. as a writer, you're, that's what you're thinking. You're thinking right. the next like punchy line that would go right behind that, especially if it's a joke. I'm always right. trying to guess the joke because I love to put like the funny stuff in my books. You know, I think my characters are like witty and clever and yeah. have these like well your humor definitely comes ones. out in your books for sure it's interesting <laughs> one other thing we do <laughs> is uh, if we watch let's we'll watch a show or a, a movie and then we'll be like like let's I don't even have an example I won't even use an example yeah don't use an yeah, example but, but it's just like we're like that we, could have been good we're if. like oh man <laughs> this had all the potential yes. to be an amazing yes. show yes. but then they did the stupid this thing or right. they ended it poorly yeah. or, or whatever like, and so we're sometimes yeah. we're like we kind of what they should have done like, was <laughs> yeah. yeah we're like you know what they should have done is if they had done this then it would have kept us engaged and they would have made this person look Talk better about armchair experts right oh yeah, yeah we, totally we know how to do it totally Dak Shepard that stuff for sure so well what I'm thinking um, Jessica famous author Jessica Lemon uh, I think we're just going to stop it right here um, we've gone through almost half of the questions I was going to ask you about this um, but this subject, this has been a great podcast. I have learned a lot. Really? That I'm going to, oh, okay. absolutely. Well, that's good. This but, all seems kind of, I don't know. I'm, af- I'm afraid it's boring. So oh, that's no, good. <laughs> this is exciting. I mean, it's so exciting. I've learned so much already that I'm going to use uh, when I'm writing my novel this week. And I mean, we're only halfway through the questions I have. So I think we're just going to do this as episode one. Okay. So this was One Drink with John, How to Write a Novel with Jessica Lemon part one and we'll do part two another time okay so was there anything else you wanted to end on i think the only thing i would i would tell you is that if this is a subject you're super curious about and excited about go to jessicalemon.com slash blog go on there find my blog there's a whole section for writers specifically for writers and i just made uh, how to write a book part one a blog and it has a printable with it that will get you rolling so it, it's all free those are all free resources and I try to 
I don't know. It's just something I'm passionate about sharing. So it's yeah, obviously, it's I mean, it share. comes through. You can tell you just your voice and how excited yeah. you are about this. Yeah, it's really cool. Well, so, yeah, go check that I'll out. Puts uh, I'll put links to that uh, in the show notes uh, and anything else we talked about. Uh, you know, the books Bird by Bird and the Stephen King on, on writing, writing. And, mm-hmm. and anything else we mentioned on this. As always, I'll put in the show notes at uh, onedrinkwithjohn.com. Well, thanks for listening to part one, and we will catch up with you with part two. Cheers, everyone.